Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Robin Leonio, here on this wonderful Friday. It is September 24th. We're getting so much closer to the season beginning. Um, for those who are familiar, aren't unfamiliar with who I am, I've been covering the Coyotes organization for the last, uh, I don't know, five, six years or so, mainly down in Tucson, covering the Tucson Roadrunners. Excited to be host here on Locked On Coyotes for the uh, for my second season now. Uh, so super excited to be here. Now we're getting ready for the Coyotes entering the Central Division. They're here to join me on this episode, another crossover. I believe this is now our fifth or sixth time at it. Dane Lewis, the new host of Locked On Stars, here joining us. Hey, Dane, how you doing? Hey, Robin, I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And not, not to mention, you're on this first show that we're launching officially with youtube those who are now watching on the youtube channel super excited to have you on here it's going to be a great episode so be sure to stay locked in this is how we're going to to format today's episode so we've been doing as we normally do these crossovers for these division or division previews to say is uh, we'll start with questions now we'll have I'll, i'll let dana go ahead and ask questions about the coyotes and then next, we will flip things around. I'll go ahead and start asking him questions about the Dallas Stars. And then we'll start just overall having a general discussion about the Central Division. Since this is the Coyotes' first time going into a new division. So, Dane, the floor is yours. You Let us know any questions you have about the Arizona Coyotes. Sure. Uh, I think the first one, um, actually, let me say first, I, I'm honored to be the first, uh, I guess, guest for for your launch onto YouTube. So I'm excited to see that your channel has made it to YouTube and, and honored to be the first guest. So um, this is really exciting. But I think my first question um, kind of has to do, some of my, my recent episodes have been about um, preseason, like either power rankings or, or projections on where teams will finish. Um, and, and I think a lot of the lists that I've seen have shown um, the, the Coyotes kind of being being lower on the list, but I think that that's kind of it's tough and unfair. I think just with them joining the new division, um, for the expectations to be placed so low. Um, so I guess I guess kind of my first question, and this could also kind of go into the third segment as well, is where where do you see um, the Coyotes finishing this season in terms of being in this new division and the Central Division as well um, as just the Western Conference in general. So um, the way I've been trying to explain this to as many people as I can, the the Coyotes this year are going into a probably one of the deepest rebuilds a lot of us will ever see. They had quite an active offseason. They unloaded their captain. They unloaded their best player. They got rid of a lot of their other best players. All their goaltenders gone. All for draft picks. They were just like, you know what? We're gonna go complete, we're gonna completely just blow everything up, let this next season ride out, get some great picks coming up in the next round and next year, and restart. And that's what they're doing. So I don't think they're going to compete at much this at all this year, to be honest. And it sucks to say that because obviously it was a couple of years ago. There was hope. They made it into the playoffs. They had, they beat the Nashville Predators in the play-in round of the bubble. And then unfortunately got absolutely clobbered by the uh, Colorado Avalanche. But 
I mean, that was a year of hope. It was like, oh my God, this team actually shows promise. And then, well, a lot of stuff happened. I gotcha. With, with that said, um, kind of like looking, I guess, ahead towards the future, who would you say is is the the guy in Arizona that that the team is kind of being built around and who's going to eventually, hopefully, hopefully lead you guys back to the playoffs um, sooner rather than later, hopefully? Yeah. So a couple a couple months ago, when the Coyotes were first talk, talking about, uh, you know, going for the fresh start and going for this deep rebuild, um, they were pretty much saying that every player is on the block. Every player is available with the exception of one, and that's defenseman Jacob Chikrin, which is no surprise. If you look at his contract, he's got, I believe, like four or five years left with like $4 million. And for a defenseman who's 23 years old and already potentially a Norris caliber defenseman, like you easily, no doubt about it. That is like, if you if you have any questions about it, the, the, he is the future of the Arizona Coyotes and he should be. Yeah, that's uh, I have I like a, I have their the roster pulled up right here, um, and it does it looks like so much youth on the team in terms of um, just age and and whatnot, and so I think it'll be exciting to see him play. I think it's good that, that you think the centerpiece of the team is a defenseman because um, I think defense is so so underrated in the NHL. Um, you can see how teams like Tampa Bay can just build an early lead that's kind of insurmountable. Um, and so I think it's important, especially in a division as competitive as the central to have a good defense to kind of keep some of the more elite offenses at bay. Cause I, almost everyone in the central division that I've seen in the past few years, being a stars fan and sometimes being at the losing end of these high scoring games. Um, it's good, good to have a solid defenseman that hopefully um, can lead a young defensive core for you guys kind of in the coming years. Yeah. And that's, and that's what makes me excited, especially because, um, I think I was watching Jacob Chokin last year and like he was my probably my second favorite player to watch outside of Connor Garland, who was uh just you know a couple months ago getting got shipped over to Vancouver for well, a pretty important pick in the draft. <laughs> so I, I I mean like I understand why they had to get rid of him, but I mean it's Jacob Chickwin's turn now. Oh yeah, that's exciting. And I'm again looking at the roster over here. There's another um twenty-three year old who I see uh Clayton Keller. Um, who's also getting paid quite a bit of money. Um, it looks like s- about $7 million a year, um, if I'm not mistaken. I-, I could be wrong on that just based on this list. Yeah. Um, what are some of the expectations um, kind of moving towards the forwards and offensive side of the roster? What are what are expectations for Keller for this season? Uh, Keller's definitely, he's, you know, he's probably uh, eyes like easily like a first-line winger or even just, or just in general top six, uh, top six forward. I don't think he's worth the $7.1 million that he's getting paid. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why he didn't end up getting moved. Um, like I said, uh, every player was on the block, essentially. It's like, you know, it's like essentially the Coyotes were just going fire sales, like pick who you want, just not chicken. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, he's still a decent player. Um, I still think he's, you know, capable of putting, putting up big numbers. It's just going to be a lot harder for him and the rest of the forward group to do much because it's everyone else isn't that great um i mean they're for they're like i was talking about their fourth line for example and you know their fourth line is consistent of the uh the three forwards that they acquired from from vancouver part of that trade getting the ninth overall pick and and uh Bussell, erickson and beagle and like that's uh, not not a good forward core. Not a good forward core, if I'm going to be honest. But you know, I you take what you can get at this point. 
Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully these these draft picks that you guys have acquired will pay dividends in the end. I know it can, especially with the NHL um, being one of the sports where, where you can draft a young player that's talented, but you might not see him at the NHL level for, you know, two, three seasons. Uh, I know baseball kind of works similarly. It's, it's weird with the inconsistencies of the leagues and uh, you know, we have to be patient as hockey fans with with rookies and draftees and, and waiting to see them blossom into to what they could eventually become. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but, you know, again, this is the whole this is the whole point of the rebuild. Arizona Coyotes are going to be, uh, you know, not winning all the games. And uh, we'll be focusing on a lot of draft picks. They have now uh, eight in the first two rounds of next year's draft. So. That's- it could be a lot worse as far as draft picks goes. That's a good place to be. Um, a lot of potential trade leverage there as well. I think. I think with so many high draft picks. Yeah, and that and, that, and that's and that's. I think that that's what Bill Armstrong's goal was. You know, he just, you know, take his uh, take whatever value you can of the players, and turn them away for draft picks. And, uh, and don't worry about salary cap because you're not going to be spending that much at this point. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how, how you guys uh, are incorporated into the division as the rebuild is going on. I, th- I think it's interesting um, that you guys are kind of like, as you mentioned, like at the start or the low point of the rebuild. And um, so hopefully for, for a team like Arizona, you can only go up from here. And I think that'll be um, good for, for the young guys on the team to face such a competitive division consistently early on. And so that way, when when the team has all the solid players brought in, um, that they're ready to go and they 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 won't be afraid of the competition that the central division can provide. Yeah, and we'll talk about we'll we'll talk more about that as uh uh late uh later in the episode, but you know, there's there's a couple reasons why I'm glad the Kyrie's are going to the central division. I'm still not a fan of it, but there's a couple reasons why I'm glad that it's happening. Yeah. Um anyways, uh I think if that's all the questions you have, we can Get ready to turn questions over the other way. Uh, I'll start answering, asking you questions about the Dallas Stars. We'll get to that in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you guys that we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website and use your mobile device. Sign up for a free account today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, including hockey, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? 
There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Now time to turn things over on this crossover episode. Time to ask our fellow Locked On Stars uh, host about the Dallas Stars. And I think to start things off for me is this was a team that didn't really perform well last year as in the in that division. I mean, it was a COVID year. I think they started they they started off the first two weeks with COVID problems, so like had like a lot of their games postponed, and then they had a decent start. I think what Joe Pavelski like I think had like a pretty decent run, and then they fell flat. Oh, absolutely! It, it was yeah the most as if the season wasn't already going to be challenging enough with with COVID and and everything else going on. And then the Stars, you know, miss the first several games. I can't remember how many it was. I believe it was maybe four or six games, something like that. Um, and then Joe Pavelski has one of the hottest starts I've ever seen. And Stars fans everywhere are talking about him winning the Hart Trophy and, you know, being way too bold, talking about how the Stars are going to run it back to the Stanley Cup Finals and and actually win this year. And then, um, obviously, like you said, did not have the most successful season. Things um, didn't pan out. And, and it's it's just so weird. And I feel like I've been I've been telling a ton of people, um, you know, you throw in COVID and then about right around the halfway point of the season, uh, maybe a little before in like late January, early February, um, one of the biggest snowstorms in like the state of Texas history hits the entire state and kills the power in, in Dallas, especially. And I know other places statewide. And so we missed um, another three, four games because of that at home. Um, and so you kind of mix all that up and you throw in some injuries from guys that didn't get to fully recover from the playoff run in the bubble. Um, you know, Tyler Sagan missed a lot of the year. Rupe Hintz was on and off. Alexander Radulov was missing time. Um, Anton Hudobin, our, our goalkeeper, was missing a lot of time. Um, you throw all that in there, um, and you you know you're not going to have the best season. And obviously, some teams still did well despite some of some of the odds that were thrown at the NHL as a whole this past year. Um, but there there were some good things to take away um, from the season overall. But but like you said, kind of a disappointing season for Dallas as far as success in the win column goes. A couple other things too that was you know I've been trying to go through their roster and uh, one thing that like I saw it ha- I saw this happen in the news when it happened and I was like surprised by it I forgot about it and I looked back on the cap friendly page and I was like wait that's right Dallas signed Ryan Suter yeah <laughs> what is up with that <laughs> oh yeah it was one of the I want to say crazier signings we had because we didn't really have a, a breakthrough free agent signing. Um, if you ask me if anything, Ryan Suter was the breakthrough guy. And I, I think ultimately um, he's just the, we, we lost Jamie Alexiak, a, a defenseman to the expansion draft. Um, so now he's in Seattle um, and was probably one of our more, probably not our best defender. I, I think there's one or two other guys that could take that title on the team. But when you talk about a guy that was just like the enforcer, if you will, um, the guy who's not scared to collect a few penalty minutes at the expense of protecting his teammates. Um, Jamie Alexiak was that guy. And now obviously he's with a different team. And so I think what Jim Nill and the rest of the front office were trying to do was just find a replacement for that. Um, but obviously Suter is in uh, his, his early to mid thirties. And so he has a lot of hockey experience under his belt. And so I think he'll be a nice addition to guys like Miro Haskinen, who just signed a new eight year contract and uh, John Klingberg, who, we're hoping we'll sign a new contract soon. He's going into the last season of a seven-year deal, um, only 29 years old. So I know myself as well as many other Stars fans are hoping 
um, that, that they get a deal worked out either before the season or during the season um, that he's able to return for the foreseeable future because he's been a valuable piece um, these past few years. How uh, how is this team affected by the you know by the by the uh, the flat cap this upcoming season? Because I'm looking at their salary cap and obviously they're over, but it looks like they're going to put that Ben Bishop is going to be LTIR stuff, so, but they're going to be right there, like right at the cap. And it's just like how do like yeah how is that working out for them? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I think um, that we're going to lose a few guys at the end of the season. Um, who are either going to be, you know, free agents or maybe they might obviously make some trades in this season. Um, I, I have a whole segment in, in my Locked on Stars episode today uh, talking about the goalkeeping situation, how I think a potentially a goalkeeper could get traded. Um, and so obviously you don't know how people could get moved, um, you know, early on in the season, halfway through. But I think like Joe Pavelski um, is a free agent at the end of this season. He's obviously getting up there in age. Alexander Radulov, another guy. Um, Blake Como, I think, is also a free agent at the end of the season. Guys whose contracts aren't massive, um, but once you bunch a lot of these guys together, um, that frees up a little bit of cap room come offseason time, um, which, again, I don't know if we'll make any big splashes in free agency, but we obviously have a lot of young guys on the roster, like Jason Robertson, um, who will be kind of looking to hopefully keep around long term. Um, and so I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to lose some valued veterans um, by not re-signing them in order to kind of make room for the future of the team. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of any other questions to ask. Um, honestly, I would like go ahead and you know maybe ask you this: Is there anything that like I'm not asking you that like is like seems like a burning thing that you that you think Coyotes fans should know about this Stars team? Um, nothing too much. I mean, I think I think touching on Ryan Suter was was a big deal because um, I think it'll be interesting to see how the defense plays early on. Like we talked about the importance of defense earlier. Um, and obviously you guys are, are seeming to build around defense in Arizona. Um, and I think Dallas is looking to do the same, obviously with, with signing Miro Haskinen. Um, and I think the Dallas, the Dallas stars are poised um, to hopefully have a good bounce back year. I'm, I mean, I'm obviously a fan of the team and want the best from them and expect the best from them. Um, and so my, my expectations may be high and obviously um, won't be surprised, you know, if there's some, some speed bumps in the way, uh, to hopefully making it back to the postseason. But I think if I can say one thing, just kind of based on what we talked about in the show um, and what I've been able to see from our rosters, I think our teams aren't too different. The Stars might just be where the Coyotes will hopefully be in a year or two, if that makes sense, if things kind of go according to plan with how we are looking to build y'all's team. Um, and if that's the case, not necessarily the worst place to be. The Stars have had a lot of heartbreak in the postseason when we've made it the past few seasons. Um, but I think we can agree as sports fans and hockey fans, it's better to have heartbreak in the playoffs than, than not make it at all. Cause they're, I mean, the Dallas stars are also kind of no stranger to that as well with, with last season, it was tough to, to almost make it and be in the fight till the very end. And then obviously fall short. Um, and, and the playoffs, you know, had some very entertaining moments this past year. And it was a, uh, it was sad that, that the stars did not get to take part in that. So if I can have any encouragement, I think um, the Coyotes are going in the right direction. Cause I think they're building the team similar to how Dallas is doing it. Um, and if my predictions are correct, I think Dallas is building their team well. Well, I think that I, I think that's a good thing for Coyotes to hear. They love hearing, <laughs> you know, they love they love getting a little glimpse of hope, you know. <laughs> they oh, yeah. always love that. But anyways, uh, coming up, we will take a little preview of the Central Division, plus a little extra thing I totally almost forgot about um, that we will get to in just a sec. But first, I want to let you guys know today's episode brought to you by Built Bar, because you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something absolutely for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. 
uh, if you don't know all the flavors, they got cherry, barcia, mint, brownie, orange, cookies and cream. So many delicious flavors. Uh, my personal favorite flavor, I, I it was like one of those limited time ones, churro puff. Uh, just the other day, I was just uh, I was munching on a uh, cookie dough chunk flavor. Just um, they're absolutely phenomenal. They taste delicious. But not only that, they are also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And if you guys go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. Once again, using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, now it's time to finish things off on this special crossover episode, Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Stars, talking about uh, the Central Division. But first, one thing I almost forgot about is was announced just, I think, last week. Dane, we got a, pre- a preseason game, not in either of our arenas. We do. That's true. I, I, I That has literally slipped my mind until this moment when you brought it up, and I have no idea how. But yeah, that, that's absolutely right. They're playing in El Paso. Is it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, at the uh, at, I forgot the the Hockeyville Arena, but they got selected in El Paso, which is pretty cool because for me, um, that's only about a four hour drive, believe it or not, from where I live in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and I'm just like, I was asking people, do I do it? I'm like, that's an easy drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's super exciting. Uh, I think. Obviously, like, I think it's good for, for helping grow the game of hockey, especially kind of in this, like, region of the country where it's not as pop- popular, kind of down in the southern part of the region. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's exciting to kind of take the game to a city where you might not expect it, but hopefully there is a good turnout um, for both teams. I think especially in the southwest because, like, I think all of, like, all of the fans here in this, like, of teams here in the southwest – and I'll, and I'll lump, of course, Stars fans in there, Stars fans, Golden Knights fans, Coyotes fans, even uh, Ducks and Kings fans. Like, we all get annoyed at the fact that Canadian team, Canadian fans or Canadian media kind of says, oh, like, what's hockey doing in there? It's sunny. There's no snow. There's no whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I just get like, guys, it's enough of that. <laughs> yeah, let us have our fun, you know? <laughs> and not only that, too, is like, uh, like I, I tell this to, uh, to you know, hockey fans in in the north, and it's like, by the way, like for example, like a Maple Leafs fan, how's Austin Matthews working out for you? <laughs> How would you like if we completely took him away from you because he's a native of Scottsdale, Arizona? Is he really? I did yeah. not know that. Huh? That'd be something. <laughs> and they and they even drafted another kid out of Scottsdale just this last draft. So Southwest hockey. It works. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely does. I think the nice part about the teams that like Southwest hockey and, and a lot of the cities you mentioned is like, it's nice interacting with the fans of those teams. Cause like, you know, that they're like actual fans. Like, I don't think it's as easy to bandwagon a hockey team in the Southwest part of the country. Um, and so, and I, I know that's the case for Dallas. And I assume the, the case with Arizona is like, you talk to a stars fan and they're, they're typically like, they know their stuff. They've been following the team for a while. Um, or if they're new, I mean, they're excited to like get to know more and be educated on the team. And so that's kind of the cool part of this part of the country is, you know, the fans are unified as one and, and they're all dialed in on on the team and all their endeavors. Plus, the coolest thing about this region 
And I'm sure um, you can say that, but talk about experience in terms of the warmer months of the year is you can go to a hockey game and like uh, you can leave in shorts and flip-flops because the weather is perfect outside. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That especially kind of early in the season. And then especially like the spring months, March, April, May here, here in Texas, at least. Yeah. I mean, you can go in t-shirt and shorts and, and you're doing just fine. And that's, and again, that's, that's what we love about this, about this area. If you're, if you're in the Southeast, you have to deal with the humidity and that sucks. <laughs> I'm not sure how humid it gets there in Texas, but eh, it, it has its days. It, it's and it, Texas weather in general inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get. It's a a mystery box every single day. <laughs> uh, I guess Arizona does have those days too, especially during the monsoon. But let's start talking about the Central Division, though. Going to be an interesting year this year because again, this is the Coyotes' first year in the Central Division. As you heard, they're probably not going to compete, but there are some lot of moving parts this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, such a competitive division, and I, it was weird because with all obviously a lot of the divisions were realigned last season, um, and, and there were a few teams still. I know Nashville was still in our division, Chicago, and I think other than that, I think everybody else was originally from a different division. Um, so it's kind of nice to go back to the normal schedule um, where we'll get to see. You know, we didn't play Colorado or St. Louis at all last year. Um, and I know for Dallas fans, those are always like the big games that we like to mark on our calendars because those are typically our most competitive games, or at least um, if those teams are, you know, have a better record or ranked higher than us in power rankings, um, you know, we, we like to win those games. And so it'll be nice to kind of spark the flame again on, on some of these interdivision rivalries and, and hopefully Arizona can kind of uh, find their niche and all that and, and finding kind of teams that they match up well against and can hopefully as seasons go on, um, establish a good like inner division rivalry with another team. Oh, we got a little bit of a preview of that when uh, the Coyotes went seven games straight in February against the St. Louis blues and just annihilated them. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was like a four, four, like they took the series, like four games, the three on that, which was pretty fun. But at the same time, it was like, time we're just i think by the end of it i was even doing um like it was like before the seventh game i was doing a uh crossover with with, with the boys over at at uh at locked on blues and we're just like can we just be done with this already <laughs> oh yeah i can't imagine having yeah i know i think dallas played detroit i think we played the red wings like five or six times in a row and we, it was both like teams, both teams were kind of at the low points of their season. And so it just, it wasn't even good hockey. So you get the monotony of playing each other over and over and then it's not even competitive. So thankful I mean, for a normal season, a normal schedule this season. I mean, on the flip side though, like Coyotes were actually, you know, they're, at that time they're in a playoff spot and they were still looking halfway decent. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But and I think that's still a good preview, though. That you know, if them playing the Blues, they got they got a little taste of the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Who, yeah, they did. They stole a couple games, but at the same time, now the Colorado Avalanche have Darcy Kemper, who the Coyotes used to have, um, which pretty much was the was Colorado's bane, and now they now it's the roles are flipped. Yeah, yeah, man. Colorado is just one of those teams. They, I feel like they can just find a way to kind of. Like get under get under, get under people's skin. I don't know if that's the right term, but they're just kind of a scrappy team. And obviously, you have to game plan for for Nathan McKinnon, and and then that allows you know other players on that team to to flourish. And so, you know, it's kind of pick your poison with that team. And let's be real, this like I, I think 
it's not a hot take to say that the, that the uh, Colorado Avalanche are going to be first in the Central Division by the by by the time May or, or April hits. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I would not be surprised at all. I've seen them um, even like projected to win the West in general. Um, them and I think Vegas uh, has like the best odds according to most sources to win their division in the Pacific. Well, the Pacific um, division is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> compared compared to the Central Division, I agree. Um, but, I mean, of course, you never know. But, yeah, Vegas and, and Colorado, I've seen, are kind of the two front runners early in the season for teams that can make a run um, at the Stanley Cup. So it'll be interesting to see if Colorado can live up to the hype. Because, like, as we've said several times, this is a, a competitive division. Um, and it's, it's hard to count any team out. Obviously, um, some teams are still – developing and, and kind of bringing in some new guys um but yeah competitive division almost every single time the teams you know match I, up i can easily see this division as a five-team playoff division um minnesota is easily going to be in this mix again especially since they just freaking re-signed kirill kaprizov like oh they did oh come on <laughs> lots of money <laughs> yeah that's that, that's going to be a dangerous one um and yeah i mean they got rid of you know Suter and Parise, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, Kaprizov, it, yeah, obvi- I mean, he obviously I think deserved the the Calder Trophy, despite Jason Robertson being a finalist for it. Really, was kind of hoping Robertson would come out with that trophy just with the disappointing season we had, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, it's worth it for for Minnesota to keep him on long term, and maybe Jason Robertson will have the better career in the end. Well, only time will tell with 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 those guys. I want to get your thoughts on on uh, on Chicago because. They were, you know, probably like months ago, we'd be like, eh, they'd probably finish like second to last or whatever. And to be like, mm-hmm. they're not that good. But then they make some moves and like now, now they're probably up and uh, up, up on that list too of potentially fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, that's that's another like sneaky team that yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, if you, if you had asked at the end of last season, I'd been like, yeah, once we're back with Chicago, no big deal. They might you know, steal a few games from some good teams, but like Mark andre Fleury, especially playing goalkeeper for them now, um, that's that's huge. Um, yeah, I, I think Chicago is slowly kind of building their way back to where they were, um, I guess, about a decade ago when they were, you know, making runs at the Stanley Cup and uh, kind of one of the powerhouses of the league. Um, and so it'll be, yeah, it, every team in this division, but especially Chicago, having having been at the bottom end, um, I think it would not be surprised at all to see them at least fight for a playoff position. I mean, like you said, could easily be, you know, four or five teams from this division make the postseason, um, which will be good. I think that that would be good for the quality of hockey that we would see in the playoffs because it's as if it's not enough to get the, the division games during the regular season to get them in the postseason um, where the odds are higher and the intensity is raised. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm trying to think of because of how competitive the division is, who the three teams that are going to miss are obviously the coyotes are going to be one uh, they're <laughs> going to, um i have no no doubts in my mind they're going to finish last unfortunately it's just the way the rebuild works <laughs> you set the um, expectations low but maybe maybe they'll exceed you never know <laughs> i mean there's a reason they got so many draft picks if they do <laughs> if they do something like i'm I'll, like i'll i don't know what to think but maybe they finish sixth in the division because the other teams aren't that bad um like i don't know maybe nashville barely misses i i I think that too um 
yeah, I feel like Nashville last year, they, they made it in, um, if I remember correctly, kind of barely snuck into the playoffs last season. And I, I think they were kind of the beneficiary of, of the division that we were realigned in last season, kind of having a weaker bottom half, like including Dallas, Detroit, um, you know, teams like that. And so I think now that the divisions are back to normal, um, they might fall fall down a little bit. Obviously, they're still a competitive team. But yeah, I think Nashville and maybe even Chicago and Winnipeg, you could probably you know, interchange right there. One of those teams could make it in and one of those teams could ease. I can see, see missing as well this season, but being close. So I'm trying to think now top three, because they, like I'm looking at those two. So it's bottom three, now top three. I kind of already said Colorado, maybe Minnesota and St. Louis. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, and of course, you know, people can, can make the argument that I'm a, a homer to the Dallas stars. I, I would, Myself would probably put Dallas in third and then St. Louis in fourth. Um, okay. But again, I, th- I think I think the teams are evenly matched, and I, I would not be surprised to see it, you know, switch throughout the season. Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree, kind of with the top two. I think Colorado would not be surprised at all if they're if they, you know, establish a lead early on in the division and kind of maintain it. Um, Minnesota, also I think in two or three as well. Um, so yeah, I think a competitive top top three or four. Um, I think. Yeah, that those kind of four teams we mentioned could all could all be right there in the mix of it come the end of the season. And this is why I was saying earlier, I'm super excited to watch the more competitive division rather than watching whatever it is over <laughs> in the Pacific Division. Because <laughs> the California teams, they're bad. All three of them are. Vegas is good, and that's about it. Because Vancouver's not great. The at the Alberta teams aren't stellar. I mean, they're decent, but not stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle is an expansion team. We don't know what the thing yeah. is. <laughs> we literally have no idea. But, I mean, Vegas was the last expansion team, and they straight up went to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. So, yeah. Um, you never know. And, yeah, we don't even know what that was because that was like a band of misfits that just all of a sudden <laughs> made a run. Like, how? What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. no sense. Obviously, they, they got stopped at the end. But yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, Seattle's, it's hard to make predictions on them because we have literally never seen this group of players play before. <laughs> yeah, um, but to me, because of how bad the Pacific Division is, I don't, wouldn't surprise me if they make the playoffs. They'd be like second or third in the division. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, obviously, I mean, with the expansion draft, they picked up some good players. So, and, and playing in a weaker division kind of set up for success. So hopefully they're able to capitalize on that. Yeah. Western Conference, you have the two divisions. All, all of uh, that just to, to match up with Tampa Bay again, <laughs> potentially. Oh, uh, I don't want to see Tampa Bay again. Uh, I don't either. They're, man, yeah, they're they're scary. And they, they hurt my feelings in 2020. <laughs> yeah. There's just there's a lot of things going on with Tampa. I was actually rooting for the Stars in, in that in, on that bubble year. Um, yeah, it was it was an insane run. Uh, mainly because well, Kudobin was he had he had one hell of a run on goal again. Also, um, my good my, my good friend, well my 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 favorite one of my favorite hockey players, and Joe Pavelski, was having a hell of a season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was yeah, it was crazy because that season. Starting back like in 2019, they start the stars started awful. I think they were like one seven and two. I think like just could not score to save their lives. And and then you know 
the turnaround point, I think, was kind of like November, and then they played in the Winter Classic in January, and then the season shuts down, and all the emotions from, you know, October 2019 till I guess it was September, October 2020 when the Stanley Cup happened. Yep. That was a that was that was a mess. Yeah, that gap was crazy. I keep forgetting about that. Like even though I know it's the bubble, but that's right. It happened from like August to <laughs> October. Like what? Yeah, I was like, you know, watching like in the NBA was in baseball. I uh, know baseball ended up finishing at a regular time, but like NBA was in a similar situation. So I'm watching these games, and you know, I, I was still uh, in college at the time, and you know, friends friends of mine that weren't up to date with like you know they didn't follow sports very well. They're like, I thought hockey was like this time and this time. So I like had to explain the, the restart and all that. And so it was crazy, but thankfully we are, we are back on track. Uh, it seems as of now, fingers crossed <laughs> um, as far as scheduling goes. Absolutely. Um, hey, I think that's, you know, that's probably, you know, enough probably discussion. Uh, if you have any final thoughts, I'll let you, I'll, let, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor for a couple, maybe a couple minutes or so, maybe even less. If you want, if you have anything else you want to, you want to put out there to the Coyotes fans to, uh, to your own fans, to whatever. Um, I can't. I can't think of too much. Uh, I'm just excited for the season. I know you are as well, and I know um, the listeners are as well. We're ready to get things rolling. Um, yeah, we're super close. Excited to have y'all in the division, and um, it'll be exciting to to you know play you guys as the years go on, and and as you guys are rebuilding, and um, yeah, excited to have a new team in this division to kind of shake things up. Absolutely. But hey, that's going to do it for us on this episode, this wonderful crossover episode of Locked On Coyotes and Locked On Stars. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review. Um, both of our podcasts available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Coyotes, once again, now available on YouTube. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button there and hit a like, you know, leave a leave a comment if you like what you heard. Uh, let us know if there's anything else that we that, that you that you want us to uh, to touch on. Don't forget also to follow us on social media. I am personally at Robbyonio1, our uh, podcast Twitter page, at LO underscore Coyotes. And, Dane, I'll let you let us know where we can find you guys. Sure, yeah. You can find me, uh, my personal account on Twitter, just at Dane double underscore Lewis. So that's uh, my first name, last name, separated by two underscores, not one. And then um, our show page is just at Locked on Stars, all run together. Um, so, yeah, give, give, give us a follow on Twitter. Um, we'd love to, to interact with you guys over there. Yeah, interacting, you know, that's one of the things that we love to do on this on this show, too. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and you know, interact with you back as well as answer any questions you might have uh, on a future episode of the podcast. Anyways, thanks again once to everyone for uh, listening to this episode. Thanks, Dane, for coming on to this episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And for the Coyotes fans listening, don't forget to howl on. <laughs>